0: With jazz shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening Colour in partnership with Mish Reya, It's business, but it's personal.
1: That was Oscar Peterson with C Jam Blues. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And alongside them, we bring someone in who is shaping the world of business, and we call them a business shaper. I'm very pleased to say my business shaper today is Tom Blomfield, and Tom is the co-founder and CEO at Monzo, and Monzo is the phone-only bank service and they are doing some fantastic things in the world of banking you're going to be hearing lots from him about disruption and related matters in addition to hearing from tom you'll be hearing from our program partners at mishkondorea some words of advice for your business and then we've got the music and it's brilliant today cecile mclaurin salvant is in there the one and only dave brubeck is as well and so is this from the three sounds That was the three sounds with Making whoopee. Tom Blomfield's my business shaper today, co-founder and CEO at Monzo. They are the bank, but they're on your phone and nowhere else. And this is the interesting thing. And um, I'm really happy to have you here, Tom. Good morning, Elliot. Delighted to be here. Now tell me, um, this is a brave new world that we're in, Tom. But you seem to have been sort of in it for a while, in the sense that when I was growing up, you had to walk into a bank, and then you had the chance to ring someone on, uh, uh, and someone was on the other end of the line, and then knew lots about you, mm. and then it was your your desktop or your laptop. And now um, the penetration of smartphones is extraordinary; it's global, and you can do pretty much everything you want from your phone.
2: Yeah, I, the way I sort of like to think about it, I, I opened my first bank account with the Chesham Building Society back in sort of twenty years ago, and. Then, You might remember you've got a little passbook where you'd go in and they'd write a... You know, you'd take in your cheque from Granny and they'd write a a credit to your account and then you'd save up enough and they... They write a debit to your account and it sums up to the balance and, you know, it's about sort of the size of a smartphone. And it seems like we've come full circle through internet banking and telephone banking back to this little thing that shows you credits and debits and sums a balance and doesn't do very much else. You know, in, a, in this era where we have this smartphone, this supercomputer in our pockets,
1: the banks don't seem to be using all the functionality they could be. And you said, well, you know what? We're going to go and do something pretty special. And that was a few years ago. Not that long ago, actually. About two and a half or three years ago, yeah. But this is, this is what, what strikes me. And we're going to go back into your, your dark history. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not sorted at all. It's fine, though. Um, you obviously, you, you, this is not your first time around in, in, in the world of some startups and things. But in two and a half years, I believe that you've got around 400,000 accounts with some very big objectives as well, very big goals going forward. That's an extraordinary number, Of people that have signed up in such a short period of time, why? We're
2: still trying to figure that out. (laughs) I mean, seriously. I mean, where
1: have they all come from? Because it was the old thing, you know, you you, you change your husband or your wife more regularly, or you change your washing machine, but changing your bank—that's a big deal. It doesn't seem to be for four hundred thousand people.
2: No, and four hundred thousand is about one percent of the UK adult population, which is which is pretty staggering, really. We've not really spent very much on on marketing, so it's it's word of mouth, and I think we started out very intentionally sort of trying to build a community and trying to build a mission and so people people join I guess because they believe the same things we believe Um, and we're
1: together trying to build a better bank so I think it really is very mission and community driven Stay with me to find out how, um, and it seems like a, there's an intention in there because we all think about banks and probably don't think about communities very much, but stay with me to find out how Tom and his team have done it. He's co-founder and CEO at Monzo. Time for some more music right now. This is Sil McLaurin, Talvant with Wives and Lovers. <laughs>
0: Comb your hair, fix your makeup. Soon he will open the door
1: That was Wives and Lovers from Cecile McLaurin Salvan. Tom Blomfield's my business shaper, co-founder and CEO at Monzo, the digital bank. I'm gonna you digital for a minute, you are digital, but you're on phones really. Tom, tell me, you, you studied um, law. You went into, I believe, the world of consultancy. I think you were um, chief technology officer of a startup up at some point before that as well. While you were while you were studying, that's right. How did you move from being a student of law into technology-related stuff and then the world of consultancy? Well, you obviously thought, "Well, I'm not going to be a lawyer." But mm. were you clear while you were studying what you wanted to do when you were about, you know, when you were going to finish? Not at all. And I think that's. That's why everyone
2: becomes a management consultant because they don't know what they want to do with their lives. Um, I'd built websites since I was since I was young, thirteen or fourteen years old. I got started building websites for for local estate agents in in Little Chalfont, where I where I went to. Uh, it's a fine point. place. It's a sweet
1: <laughs> place. I know Chesham well
2: as well. <laughs> um, and I'd I'd sort of grown up with the internet as, as it was growing up, but I never thought you could do it as a job. It just seemed strange. And I grew up in in the home counties where everyone was a a banker or a lawyer or an accountant or my father was an engineer or sort of these these professions. And so I went to Oxford and studied law because that was a profession. But I realised pretty quickly I didn't want to be a lawyer, but I didn't know exactly what I did want to do. I think starting my own business was something that I knew from a very young age that
1: sort of appealed to me and and why was that do you think what what was the appeal when you were younger because some people do talk about this when they're little they just kind of know was it because you thought you'd be unemployable (laughs) (laughs) i mean in the sense that you needed to do your own thing were you quite um a confident young person i think that's probably fair my first ever you seem confident to me (laughs) (laughs) my first ever
2: job review at um at ocnc um i was below track because i was Highly disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> People talk about disruptive business and disruptive. Is a good it? Yes, it's positive. It's I don't know. I think it can be a real pain to deal with. Actually, if you're, mm. you've got sort of your, your newest analyst is disruptive and keeps challenging and
1: asking why. It's very tedious, actually. But it's. Uh, but obviously, it was an, it was irritating you. Things were there, and you're going. But that doesn't make sense. to Exactly. Me. Yeah. That,
2: why are you doing it like that? I, this doesn't. This doesn't add up. Why? Think about it in this different way. And I, my brain's always worked like that, I guess, which can be infuriating. But I think it's if you're going to start a new kind of business or in a new industry, you really need that, that, that challenging
1: mindset that says, actually, the status quo doesn't look right. How, how can we do this better? how have you in, been able to move to the monzo point where you actually set the set the business up because there were other there were other roles you were co-founder of something called go cardless that's right uh vp growth i love that title whatever <laughs> that means at grouper now, now it's a defunct uh, dating site but all all those things there was it if you hadn't have done them do you think monzo would not have happened I think that's absolutely right. So, I, I was at OCNC for about three
2: years and I left um, actually to go to another consulting firm, sort of bigger, more prestigious one. I never ended up starting because I, in my gardening leave, I started Go Cardless with a couple of friends from Oxford. And that was really a crash course in. In the payment systems. GoCardless is a payment processor. It helps people collect direct debits. Um, And it's a pretty successful business now. But we started, we were three guys literally in a bedroom. And we just got the manual on how how direct debit works. And we read it and we thought we could probably do a, a good job of writing software to make this work. And that was my crash course intro to sort of banking and finance and how money moves around. And I didn't really believe in brand or design or these are very emotional sort of human professions and then i went to grouper which is a dating site it was this sort of social they they like to call it a social club so six people get together and go for cocktails and, and sort of misbehave it was a lot of fun and that was all about human psychology you know they they had a waiting list there was it was an exclusive membership club you had to be referred to get in you had to refer your friends to to be able to sort of to move through the queue. A lot of those mechanics we've used at, at Monzo. And so, reductively, you could say that Monzo is sort of a combination of, of go-kart of how the money moves, w- with Grouper, how human beings think and feel. Um, so I think Monzo is really
1: the combination of those two things. Stay with me to find out more how Tom has fused the world of humans and the world of technology, because that's exactly what he's been doing for the last few years to great effect. We've got the latest travel in a couple of minutes, but before that, some words of wisdom, I hope, from our programme
3: partners at Mishkondorea for your business. So I'm Joe Hancock, the Cybersecurity Lead at Mishkondorea. One of the most common problems I see people have at the moment is almost over-collecting data. There's an obsession with data and digital. That's a really good thing. It presents brilliant opportunities. But at the same time, collecting data that you don't really need or storing data that you really shouldn't store anymore prevents a massive risk. At the same time... As having that data gives you some good kind of business outcomes, having it there means there's good a target for attackers, it means that you're much more likely to lose it, and if you don't delete it properly, you're much more likely to breach regulation. And all of this really starts to create a bit of a risk for business that isn't very well understood and isn't really well managed at the moment. Another whole set of problems that could be avoided very simply are just by doing the basics. If you use complex passwords, change your password regularly. Don't use the same password for for multiple services as everybody does. Even just one or two different passwords will stop you being the victim of some of the large data breaches we've seen soon. They'll protect your identity. They'll help protect your bank accounts and your finances. Just by doing very, very simple things, either as an individual or as a business, you can remove most cyber risk that's out there at the moment. Nothing can ever be 100% secure, but at the same time you really can make your own life and your business much better by doing these things.
0: Jazz shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Kondreya named law firm of the year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. You're
1: listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday I'm very lucky because I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business, someone who's disrupting things quite naughtily on the whole, and they've done it to very, very good effect. If you've missed any of the previous 250 or so, go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers. Cityam.com is another destination, or if you're travelling on British Airways in the near future, you can also pick us up over there. Tom Blomfield's my business shaper today, my disruptor, my naughty disruptor, uh, co-founder and CEO at Monzo. They are the digital only, the um, phone only bank and they've built already over 400,000 uh, accounts over the last two and a half years and we've been hearing a bit about um, your background Tom and how you got to this point when it's your own and it starts to go well early on and it's clear that people want to get behind you is it super buzzy I mean or, or is, are you so deep in the are we gonna make this work kind of area to not enjoy it did you enjoy those first sort of three to six months or nine months I love starting things. I love creating, starting
2: with a the metaphorical blank sheet of paper and bringing something to life, sort of injecting energy and momentum and creating something out of nothing. That's very, very exciting. But I think you're right that I don't think we pause to appreciate the good times that success is enough. I think we, because you're so deep in, and even today, you're so deep in the business, and focused on the detail you focus on things that are going wrong because if you just focus on the things that are going well the things that go wrong kill you so it's it's a real uh, people have called it a roller coaster i think that's entirely accurate the ups and downs are uh even hour to hour, sometimes mm.
1: it's sort of uncontrollable, but um, it's exciting for sure. And the creation phase—I'm assuming you're still in it. I mean, oh yeah, and that's going to go on for a while. I'm, I mean, I hope so so. the innovation because once you've sort of said we make making a decision, we are going to be on a phone yep. because phones are everywhere now, and phones are super clever. As you said, a super clever computer in your pocket. How do you ensure that, that 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 innovative spirit is is embraced every day? I think you hire people
2: who who question everything. And you, you keep trying to hire those people and keep asking them to tell you when you 're when you 're getting complacent now i 've got ideas that are now two and a half years old; they might not be the right ideas anymore, so we try to hire very smart, very inquisitive people who challenge everything and it 's exhausting if you are if you've sort of worked in a bank for 20 or 25 years and you get a 23-year-old coming along and telling you, actually, maybe the way you've been doing it for 15 years isn't the right way, it can be. It, you need to be the right kind of person, I guess, to, to be able to deal with that level of, of mm. disruption, of, of challenge. Um, but I think ultimately it keeps everyone on their toes and makes sure, I think makes sure we're actually building something that people want. I think the problem with banks is they've, they focus on selling financial products. They think we've got a mortgage book and a credit card book. How do we sell more of these things? Whereas if you start the other way around and say, we have a bunch of customers who have cares and worries and concerns. How do we address those things? How do we improve our customers' lives? What, should, what, should, what kind of problems
1: should we even be solving? I think that's key to, to making sure you're, you're building something people want. And can you really do that as a bank? Because I guess that's that, that to me is the question that we all have different relationships with our banks. Some people have very neutral ones. Some people get positively angry because they feel like they're being, they're being disrespected and yeah. taken for granted. I don't know how many people love their bank. I mean, I happen to really like... I talk very highly of the bank I bank with, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, I think I'm pretty unusual.
3: Yeah.
1: How do you get people to really love you? I think you
2: you design for their problems my my issue with my old bank is it always feels like i had to fit around the way they did things you know they've got systems or processes or the way they think about their products in a very rigid way and if i didn't fit into that mold it was going to be very very painful for me and if instead you say how do how do humans think and behave and feel let's fit around them and just make it intuitive and delightful. The result is astonishing. And the average, pretty pretty sort of techie, I guess, the way you measure this is net promoter score. How many people like you versus versus don't? The average bank has a net promoter score of around negative 10, which is very, very bad. Apple is about plus
1: 85, I and, think. And 75 plus is world class, isn't it, on that, that scale, I yeah, think. I that, think the last measurement we did was plus 83. Um, wow. Well plus 83 you heard it here first that's <laughs> a pretty high score of people that said they love you uh, stay with me to find out more about how tom's done it um that's tom Blomfield, my business shaper co-founder ceo at monzo times all music right now though this is the i promised him earlier here he is it's dave brubet with unsquared dance Dave Brubeck with Unsquare Dance. Tom Blomfield's my business shaper, co-founder, CEO at Monzo. They are the um, phone-only bank. Um, I want to talk about the name for a second because it wasn't always Monzo, was it? And this it was sort of not. this talks a little bit about challenges in, in any business. Um, it, it, you had another name. We did. It was Mondo. Originally, we were Mondo. 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 There was a, there was a problem with the trademark. We had a little challenge. Another yeah. company yeah. decided they had a trademark that was too similar. So. Um, so, you had to change the name? We did. Which could have been a disaster. We may not be talking if you'd have kind of taken <laughs> that the wrong way and sulked or something. You, you evidently didn't. You're still smiling about it. Tell me what you, firstly, what you did briefly, and then secondly, what you learnt about yourself in that process. Um, so, what I did originally was go and talk to our, our board, who
2: are very, very sensible people, who said, don't fight this. Just sort of pick a new name. You're you're small enough that no one will will remember it. And then I went to talk to our lawyers, who happened to be Mish actually on our on the trademark side, who said exactly the same thing. Don't bother fighting this. Just change your name. And I dug my heels in for nine or ten months and thought, I, oh, you know, it got very emotional. It's this very personal thing. It's it's our name. Um, and and ultimately that was a very bad decision. Um, and so when it became apparent that we were going to have to change the name. Um, we went out to our community. We actually made a very, very positive thing of it. So we, we went out to, I think we were 50 or 60,000 customers at the time and said, we've got a rename and we'd like your suggestions. So we asked for people to, to invent names, and take pictures themselves with the sort of the new name, with a with sort of selfie of their face. We got 14,000 suggestions in about 48 hours. And it had to begin with M. There actually are not that many combinations of M words with vowels in. So I think we probably sort of brute force the entire possible range of M words. And six people suggested Monzo. Um, which we really liked. It was it was close to Monzo, uh, Mondo.
1: Now you see, it's I, already forgotten. It you can find it to history. <laughs> we don't even need Mondo. Who are they? It's Monzo, exactly. <laughs> and we we could get the .dot com and we could get the Twitter handle and you know the sort of
2: practicalities that actually that did matter. Mm. Um, and we renamed, and it was it was actually a really really good event. So we, I think we turned something that could have been a frankly a real pain into something that was was hugely positive. And the learning part for you. Um, Not letting you off that lightly. Too. <laughs> the sort of Those experienced people on your board and in your legal team are, are probably right sometimes when they say, just sort of don't fight this one, just be mm. sensible. A little bit too much testosterone probably in the early days.
1: <laughs> we'll have our final chat with the now calm Tom Blomfield. <laughs> um, uh, plus we we're playing a track from Herbie Hancock that's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM.
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondurea. It's business, but it's personal.
1: That was Herbie Hancock with Cantaloupe Island. Tom Blomfield's my business shaper just for a few more minutes. He's um, the co-founder and CEO at Monzo. You've been hearing it was called something else. He'd forgotten himself what it was called, uh, uh, the the, uh, digital bank, the the phone bank. You are um, very well-funded. You've been backed by lots of people now, and I believe that there's more funding probably down the line. How does that feel... Uh, in in terms of you being beholden to the people that have funded you? How much freedom do you have to do what you need to do? Is it a hands, uh, a distant relationship or or, or are they quite close to your strategy and and, and the delivery that you say you're going to be able to do? Very, very close. I think that's important when you're raising
2: investment. You've got to take the time to find people who really are aligned with where you want to take the company with the vision. And if you do that, then actually it's a it's a big help because they can kind of keep you on track and and remind you of your shared vision. I think if you have conflicting goals, it can become very, very difficult. But luckily, our, our big um, investors' passion and, and thrive are both um, totally aligned with where we want to take the business, I think, in the next seven or eight years. And, of course, we did crowdfunding. So we have six or 7,000 um, individual sort of um, customers who are shareholders. We did a, a big crowdfunding round that that sold out in 96 seconds, which I think was a world record at the time, which was which was amazing because it it meant so many of the people who'd supported us from the early days could actually invest and, and buy real stock at exactly the same terms as these professional investors. The the only disappointment was that we were six or seven times oversubscribed. So mm. we had 30-odd thousand people who
1: wanted to put money in but, but couldn't. So I'd love to do something to address that in future. In terms of the money, I mean obviously this is a long play and I think I've seen you quoted as saying, you know, we want to build a British Google or a British Facebook and, and I've spoken to a few people like that um, over the years here is that what, what's the most important thing to you is it the legacy that you'll leave of being the the team behind the, the the british equivalent is it the money is it just the fun is it this roller coaster i mean what's the thing that's now driving tom forward i think it's about having an impact on the world
2: um sort of we're only on this planet for a a, a a defined period of time I guess and you can choose how you spend that time you can try and accumulate wealth or, or whatever it is and I think we have the opportunity to in some small way improve the lives of of potentially millions of people around the world and I think if you're if you're thinking you know, it's a rainy day and you're you're in bed and you're sort of looking out the window thinking, Do I really want to go to work today? What what's it all about? Why am I why am I on this planet? Having the opportunity to create something that positively impacts the lives of
1: hundreds of millions of people or a billion people potentially is a pretty good reason to to keep going and I imagine that obstacles aren't obstacles to you they're just well we're going to we're going to make it happen (laughs) annoyances annoyances (laughs) irritations there's 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 sort of glitches in the matrix and you're just going to fix them I mean I sense that you almost it's a kind of you have a bring it on attitude Uh, I think that's probably right you find a way around or under or over or just straight Mm. through the middle of it yeah uh final uh, c- a couple of things just before we um we have to round things up you're growing at a rapid pace the team is growing there's a i i believe you're going to be opening um a, a customer service center at some point in Wales potentially uh, we potentially. haven't decided we're looking at a few sites right but the, 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 when it, as it gets bigger inevitably you will lose some control oh, of course yeah happy with that doesn't yeah, bother you not, very that, happy. that's not that's not the issue for you. that's not an no, issue no 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 i think the potential the, the benefits of
2: growing bigger is we get to attract more and more and more talented people mm. to make our vision a reality. There's no way that three people in a bedroom can build a bank that, that serves a billion people around the world. We need to collect hundreds and then thousands of the brightest minds in the world to make this reality. And that's
1: exciting. It's very exciting, and I believe you're going to do it. I just look at your eyes; you say, "This this is a guy you don't want to muck around with." Tom, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Just before I do let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it?
2: Uh, my song choice is "I'll Build a Stairway to Paradise" by Sarah Vaughan. Uh, this was another democratic process; we put it to a vote within the Monzo office, <laughs> and it was uh, the popular choice at
1: Monzo. And I think it reflects what we're trying to do at Monzo. Excellent. Here it is, just for you and the democratically chosen team that have decided this is what it is. That was Sarah Vaughan with I'll Build a Stairway to Paradise. Song choice of my business shaper today, Tom Blomfield. A challenger right from the get-go. Someone who was always questioning things. Great set up to become an entrepreneur. Super determined. You should have seen the look in his eyes with pretty much every word he said. He is very clear what he wants to achieve and ambitious a huge objective to become the next Facebook or Google but the UK version of it brilliant stuff do join me again same time same place that's next Saturday 9am sharp for another edition of Jazz Shapers meantime stay with us coming up next it's Nigel Williams
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017